find an informative podcast all about training working dogs? Look no further than the LWDG Pod Dog. This weekly show is hosted by me, Joe Parrott, founder of the Ladies Working Dog Group. And I chat to experienced trainers and experts in the field who will give you helpful tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or you've been working with dogs for years, this podcast will have something for you. So pull up a chair, pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to LWDG Pod Dog. Let us help you build a better bond with your best friend. Hello and welcome to another episode of LWDG Pod Dog. This week I'm joined by the amazing LWDG group expert Claire Denya and we're going to be chatting all about the benefits of gun dog training for pet dogs. So how are we today Claire? I am very well Joe. thank you. How are you? I'm all good and I'm all excited about this podcast because being somebody who's involved at a, an amateur level with gun dog training, I always think about how lovely it is to have the control that we have, even if we're just starting out over our dogs. Why did you start gun dog training with your dogs? Was it because you wanted to end up on an estate? No. <laughs> so when I went to view our second Labrador, Indy, who is almost 10 years old, when we went to view her, before we met her, we met her mum and actually her dad because the breeder owned both. And he got the dad out first and he did a little gun dog demonstration with us just to kind of show us the dog, his temperament, what he was like. And it was absolutely jaw-dropping for me, seeing as my first Labrador had just been a pet. I had done no gun dog training at all with my first Labrador. Um, to see that level of off-lead control and to see the focus that the dog had on the owner. Then he got the mum out. And again, it was jaw-droppingly incredible to watch. But the thing that struck me the most was she was so focused on him. We were there and she looked at us as if to say, hi, how are you? Wagged her tail. But other than that, really wasn't that interested in us. And then he sat us down in the garden basically to interview us before letting us meet Indy, the puppy. And she just sat there in the middle of the grass, like, I don't know, 20, 30 foot away from us, just sat there. And about five minutes into this conversation, I said, oh, George, I said, um, she still sat out there. He said, oh, yeah, she'll sit there until I give her a release command or until I ask her to do something else. And in that moment, in my brain, my head just said, I want that level of off-lead control with my next dog. That's what I want. And that is where it started. And that must have been so um, incredible to see you coming from an area where you only had pets, to have your eyes opened up to the concept that you could have this level of relationship with a dog and this control. Yeah, I was absolutely blown away. By the time I met Indy about half an hour later, um, I was just still a little bit awestruck by what I'd seen with the parents. And then I got all gooey over the puppy. But in my head, I was just like, I need to learn how to train that dog to do those things. I need to learn this. And that's basically where the passion came from. Isn't it fabulous, though, that you went looking for a pet dog, but because of the way the breeder, like you said, interviewed you and showed you what the dog's purpose was or that line of dog's purpose was, that it gave you an indication of, of what you would need to do as well. Because 
we see so many people with um, pet gun dogs, they literally have no concept that the dog can acquire that level of obedience or that those abilities. So they come into our group a little bit, um, you know, wide-eyed and a little bit like rabbit in the headlights, don't really know what their dog can do. It was a very different thing for you because you knew straight away where you could take the dog. Yeah, the, the one thing I would say is I did wish, and I know John and I both feel this way, we did both wish we had done it with Gemma, our Labrador that we had had before. When we saw that and when we started doing the training with Indy, you know, this was pre-dude and pre-Rose, when we started doing the training, the amount of times we said, if only we had known we could have done this with Gemma. <laughs> And we were like, did she miss out on something? Well, of course she didn't because she didn't know any different. You know, she was a pet. We went for walks, you know, but we did quite often say to one another, I do wish we'd known that this was achievable when we'd had her. I'm sure you feel the same as I do on this. When you've got a pet dog, just a pet dog, you love them dearly and they're part of your family and you play with them and, and all those things and you know, give them scraps off your plate and do all the naughty things you're not meant to do. I've never felt a relationship with a pet dog that I have when you train a working dog because it sort of goes up a level. It becomes from, you're my beautiful pet dog who I love all the world, to you are my friend and we work in a team. So do you think that one of the sort of benefits that people could have for dogs that aren't going to be gun dogs or, or aren't even gun dog breeds you know any dog could be trained in a gun dog way do you think the benefits for those are that the people will end up with a stronger relationship with the dog absolutely for me gun dog training is all about partnership with the dog um it, for me it's not about competition it's not about you know, being the best. Obviously, we all aspire to be the best that we can and do the best that we can for ourselves and for our dogs, obviously. Um, but for me, it's about the partnership. It's about the way that you learn to work together rather than your dog doing things that wind you up or make you feel sad because it's not recalling. Or For me, it's that partnership where you get the dog out of the car or you, you leave the house and the dog is literally looking at you. What are we doing instead of see you later? You know, there's nothing worse than that feeling. You go to a park and you take the lead off and your dog's off to have fun with everybody else any other dog, any other person, and you're standing there like, I thought you were my mate, cheers. You know, <laughs> it's so much better. The feeling is so much better when you take that lead off and the dog jumps around looking at you saying, right, what are we doing? Because they want to be with you instead of with Joe Bloggs down the road. You know, we all got our dogs. Well, I think everybody, I certainly did, got my dog to be a companion for me. So when I go out with my dog, I'm going out with my dog to have fun with my dog, not for my dog to go off and have fun with everybody else and leave me standing in the middle of the field on my own. And we, I think you sort of hit the nail on the head a little bit there. Like with a gun dog, we're even at the beginning of teaching them, you start building that, that bond. Okay, you're not always going to have their full attention, but you do over time and patience and, and perseverance. You'll, you'll get there in the end. But for people who maybe, I don't know, they're listening to this and they're like, well, 
I've got a, a cavapoo or a cockapoo and I know that poodles can work. So is my dog a working dog? Can we gun dog train? What dogs can gun dog train? So any any breed of dog can gun dog train. Now, obviously, some breeds may not be as natural as insti- and instinctual as other breeds that certain elements like the hunting or the retrieving. They might have different ways of doing it, but it doesn't mean you can't use the skill sets. So if you look at the skill sets that we teach a gun dog, retrieving, recall is in there, stop whistle, directional work, hunting games to find things. So you look at all those skill sets and most dogs of any breed will enjoy some, if not all of them. Now, I have all sorts of breeds train with me in gun dog training. I have collies. Um, I have had uh, <laughs> husky crosses train with me, you know, and they enjoy it. Yes, they may not be as instinctual and it may not come as naturally to every breed. But once they learn that it's a really fun skill and it's something that they're involved with with the owner, they the light bulb comes on and they start to enjoy it. So, for example, one of the collies that used to be in one of my gun dog classes when it went out on the retrieve and this dog had the most incredible delivery of of the dummy but when it went out on the retrieve because of the collie instinct in it it would run out on the retrieve and then slow down and stalk stalk the dummy then jump on the dummy (laughs) and then retrieve it bring it back nice sitting beautiful delivery now that's the collie instinct coming out in the dog it's stalking the dummy so that's a natural thing that's there so am I going to get hung up on that as a trainer and go oh well you know he can't do the retrieving because he stalks the dummy of course not you know the owner was doing it for fun so did it matter to her no she was just learning a new skill to enjoy with her dog so you know any breed really um can learn to really enjoy the gun dog skills uh, and most of them once they get the hang of retrieving you know it's a lovely skill to have to take on your dog walks you know to be able to take something in your pocket do some retrieving get your dog to find it it's just great fun i think it is um featured expert michelle osman who talks about somebody um apologies if i'm wrong on this but talks about um teaching pugs and mm-hmm. class and how you know how fab they were and they they blew her away you know these were breeds that you certainly wouldn't think could do it but there is like you said there is that obedience level that we can get from gendo training that in some ways i almost think when i see people whose dogs are like completely out of control i think really these should be like not that there should be a dog license or open up in any of that type of politics but before you get a pap understand that you you've got to have some things in place like you've got to have a sit and wait or sit and stay whatever you want to call it you've got to have a recall those two things are like fundamentals for every dog you know if you can tell the dog to go left and go right and all those little things that are extra fun for a dog that's not going to be on an estate those other stuff is really important and i also think a stop whistle it is important again yeah, there are so many scenarios that you think on everyday life with your dog where we're gun dog skills come in useful. So like you said about the stop whistle, when we when we train a dog to stop on the whistle, we train them both on recall and on the way out. Um, now that could like literally save your dog's life. Um, let's just say that your dog escaped from the garden and ran across the road and then you went out there to call it back 
and it was it was at risk of getting run over on the way back if you've got a good now it's obviously it's not great that your dogs escape the garden but I'm just trying to put you know some ideas out there um, but you could stop the dog on that whistle and save their life potentially. Or it could be that you're in a park and they're running towards somebody having a picnic or running towards some children that are playing. If you can re- stop them and redirect them or have a good solid recall, your dog is so much safer. So the elements of gum dog training fit into everyday life as well as just having fun with the retrieving and the hunting and the directional work that we train. The stop whistle and the recall are fundamentally potentially going to save a, lo- a dog's life. Absolutely. And when we have messages where people have said, you know, my dog ran off and it didn't come back for four hours, you know, we as gun dog trainers, we cross if they're not back in 40 seconds, let alone four hours. Four hours, I think I would be pulling my hair out with worry where that dog was. So dogs that aren't going to be gun dogs or aren't gun dog breeds, them learning these skills, it's just going to do, it's never going to hinder, is it? It's always just going to ha- enhance your relationship with them. Yeah, it can it can only enhance your relationship and give you skill sets with your dog that are going to be beneficial in everyday life, potentially life saving and good fun. So you just can't really ask for more than that. And when you mention fun there, like I know when me and you chat offline, um oh sorry, off podcast, we there's so much fun to be had in gun dog training. As much as the frustration for people who want to do it to take a dog onto an estate, there's just as much fun as to be had as well. And I know for me, taking dogs out, training the dog, it's a time for me to switch off. I'm not thinking family. I'm not thinking bills. I'm not thinking business. I'm not thinking, you know, what's coming next week, what's on the shopping. I'm just me, dog, dummy, whistle let's just go and focus on that and it is an absolute break for my mind yeah I think gun dog training absolutely should enhance your relationship with your dog and enhance your life not become something that you're stressing about or that is causing frustration for you and causing frustration between in the relationship between you and the dog. And I think this is sometimes where people get really, you know, gun dog training. Yes, of course, we can take it to serious levels of working a dog and competition. Um, but even though you're training to that level, the actual time you spend training with your dog should still be fun. The dog will learn better if you're having fun and you will have a much better time if you are having fun. And, you know, if you maybe are on having a day where you're not having the best day and maybe you're a little bit stressed, don't try and train the dog. Just go for a nice walk with the dog. Take a bit of pressure off of yourself because, The minute you start putting that pressure on yourself and on your dog to be perfect and you forget about having fun with the dog, well, you're going to lose the enjoyment of what gun dog training really should be all about. Yeah, because as well, for the majority of people, even their gun dog breeds who are going onto an estate, maybe let's say you've got 30 days that you're out because you're really active because most people, it's not that amount it's a Saturday every Saturday between sort of like October till end of January it's not it's not a huge season as such all the rest of the training time it's got to be fun isn't it because we spend far more time training than we do actually physically working 
and if you are het up, het up, het up, you're never going to enjoy it at all. No, you, you can really take the enjoyment out of it. And the minute you take the enjoyment out of it, your dog is going to lose enjoyment out of it and they're not going to learn so well. Um, the dog's going to start to get frustrated. You're going to get frustrated and it just doesn't work. You know, when I train my dogs, I have so much fun. Yes, I do serious training with them. But in, even in between a couple of serious exercises, I will be bouncing. Well, I don't bounce so well these days, but <laughs> my dog will be bouncing around with me because they're having the best time. And I want my dog to be having the best time training with me. Um, when I get my dogs out of the car, obviously, I want good doorway manners when they're coming out of the car. So I need all of those things. But when Rose gets out of the car, she's three years old now. She gets out, she waits her turn, she gets out, and then she's bouncing around my feet, literally like, what are we doing? She's not thinking in our, her head, oh, I need to get as far away from you as possible to have my fun. She knows that I'm going to provide the fun. Now, if I take the fun out of the training, that's going to change very quickly. So we have to be mindful. The dog needs to be having a good time too. And there also is that thing as well that we need to just briefly chat about in this podcast is there are many, many benefits for every dog. And if you were listening two weeks ago for cats too, um, of sort of gun dog style training, but gun dog training is not behavioral adaptation or behavioral problem solving, is it? No, so this this is something we come across quite commonly. So when people sign up for gun dog training, there are some fundamental foundational skills that the dog needs to be have to be able to do the gun dog training. So it does, as you touched on earlier, the dog does need to have the ability to walk nicely to heel on a loose lead. It doesn't have to be perfect because it's part of the training, but there needs to be some foundational work there. The dog needs to have a relatively reliable recall. Um, again, we build on the recall in the gun dog training, but we can't have a dog that is seven, eight months old come into a gun dog class that's absconding. So there has to be a little bit of foundational work there. There needs to be a little bit of the ability to do a short sit and stay so that we have something foundational to build our steadiness upon. So there are foundational things that we would teach in puppy classes or puppy one-to-ones to prepare a dog for gum dog training. So when we get a phone call from somebody, let's say with a year-old dog or an 18-month-old dog that um, has no foundational skills for whatever reason, um, maybe, you know, absconds, doesn't recall, maybe it pulls like a freight train on the lead, um, all of these things, maybe it's a little bit rude, doesn't have very good manners. Gun dog training isn't going to miraculously cure those problems, okay? It's not something that can fix behavioral problems because you need some foundational skills in there to be able to do gun dog skills. However, that being said, if we're working with a dog who the reason it has some behavioral problems are because its needs are not being met, so that's very different, gun dog training can help to meet those needs of the dog to give it a much more fulfilled life. So some behavioral problems, maybe boredom and things like that, they can be improved by gun dog training, but it's not a magic wand and it's not a quick fix. 
for fixing actual behavioural problems or a dog that has no foundational skills. So it's always worth, you know, understanding that it's not going to magically cure problems, but it will enhance your dog. And like you said, where the problems are things like boredom or the dog, if it is a gen dog breed or an active breed, as soon as you start doing some gen dog training and it's getting its mental stimulation from it, you will see, like you said, see an improvement. But if anybody's got a dog and they listen to this and thinking, well, I, I don't know enough to know whether it's a behavioural problem or not, that's just a phone call to a trainer, isn't it? A start of a conversation, a a message into the group just to say, well, look, this is what it's looking like. And somebody will always help. Absolutely. So, you know, and it happens all the time. Someone will message and they'll... and and. A good example would be, for instance, somebody calling and their dog gets very frustrated around other dogs. So they think putting it into a group class is going to cure that behavior. Actually, usually it will be the opposite. You're going to create more frustration because the dog's in an environment it can't cope with. So if you, you know, yes, absolutely speak to a trainer and say, these are my dog's problems. Where do we start to fix these problems? You know, how do we um, modify the behaviours that I don't want to then get the best out of the dog and utilise gun dog training to enhance my dog's life, basically? I always say to people when I get messages and they ask me, you know, can I do the hot mess handler course with this dog or this dog? I always say, of course. It's, and when you're talking about going to see um, a trainer or going to a group class, the hot mess handler is a perfect way of you getting a little bit of knowledge about what's going to be expected. Still definitely go along to the class. I don't think one uh, replaces the other. I think they both have different jobs that collaborate and, and, and work and complement each other. But getting your head around what might be asked of you in a gun dog class and for you to know what you're going to be expected to do, it can be really good for you, can't it? Absolutely. I mean, the hot mess handler course, you know, the whole purpose of that is to cover those basic foundational skill sets yeah I mean obviously it does go a little bit further there is some basic work on stop whistle some basic directional work but those foundational skills that are really important to be able to train your dog in gun dog training so your sit your stay your steadiness your self-control your recall your heel work they're all in that course so you can get a head start on preparing your dog with the foundational skills to then be able to do training days classes you know all those sorts of things without those foundational skills it's really difficult and if somebody's listening to this now and they're like looking at their um three-year-old cockapoo and thinking hmm should we give this a go what are your sort of tips to them yeah so there's this saying isn't there about teaching old dogs new tricks totally I get dogs come along of all sorts of ages to try gun dog training for the first time um be open-minded to giving these things a go check you've got the foundational skills there first so that you don't set yourself up for failure or ask too much of your of your dog um a one-to-one with a trainer is a really nice way to have a taster session of what gun dog training is about or joining a group like the ladies working dog group so that you can 
see what happens, see what people are doing um, and join the community so that you can chat with other people that are already doing it and get to understand more about it. But taster sessions are always a really good way of introducing your dog and seeing if your dog, you know, has got what it takes. And it's really, the thing is, it's really addictive. So the amount of times, I mean, so many, so many, repeating, repeating, repeating times people bring their dog gun dog trainer and say to me, this is just for fun. I'm not going to work my dog. I'm not going to do working tests. I'm not interested in any of that. I'm just doing this to improve this and improve that. And beginners is all your foundational stuff. And then your novice, you start, look, we start teaching, you know, directional work and things like that. Well, by the time they get to intermediate and you're putting all of those pieces together, they start going, I love this. Do you think my dog could do this on a shoot day? And, and the bug is there. And, and, you know, these are people that you they never thought that they would want to do this ever, but they get into it and, and it is very addictive. It's really interesting you saying that because this week um, I interviewed Petra, one of our society members from Meet the Member, and she was saying, you know, I asked the question, would you have ever seen yourself doing now? Because she was talking about working on an estate. And I said, would you have seen yourself doing this before you got into this world? And she was like, no, if somebody had said I would do these things, I would have said, no, I would never be doing those things. <laughs> you are quite right. It is addictive, along with the side of them, that once you have one dog that's doing it, you want about 15 that can do it with them. But... um. Thank you very much for this podcast episode. Obviously, people, if they want to get a hold of you, they can find you in our groups, yes? Yes. Yep, I'm on the groups, uh, on Facebook. Um, yeah. <laughs> and if they want to find you in the country, you're in Kent. Oh, I'm in Kent, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm based in Maidstone in Kent. Yeah, I don't just float around the internet. I am real. <laughs> <laughs> We hope you've enjoyed another fantastic episode of LWDG Pod Dog. And if you're sitting at home with a dog that isn't a gun dog breed, please, please, please take part, get involved, see if it's something that you and your dog could find as much excitement and happiness out of as the rest of us do. Speak to you all soon. Until next week, goodbye. Thank you for listening to LWDG Pod Dog with me, Joe Parrott. Now, we all know training a dog takes time, energy and patience, but our lives can be really, really busy. Don't worry, the LWDG has got you covered. Join us for our free planning workshop where we'll show you how to use short 10-minute training sessions each day to fast-forward your dog's education. Our experts have years of experience in training dogs and will help you get started on the right foot. Register now and start making progress with your furry friend today. Go to our Facebook page, The Ladies Working Dog Group, and click on the pinned post. Or visit www.thelwdg.com. Music.